0: You're listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonçalves.
1: Hi, everyone. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 9th of January, 2024. On Market Day, we'll speak with Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool for his take on the day's market action. But first to the retail sector, and it would appear the Black Friday sales proved to be a big hit with consumers. The Bureau of Statistics says retail sales surged in November by 2% to be at a record high of $36.5 billion. But what does it really say about consumers and the impact of interest rates? For more, I spoke with Stephen Halmarik, the Chief Economist at the Commonwealth Bank. So Stephen, retail sales up 2% in November. But how much of that has to do with the Black Friday sales? And what does it say about the overall consumer environment?
2: Yeah, so retail sales was very strong in November, as you say, up 2%, a bit stronger than what we had expected in the consensus. Uh, but the answer to the question, you know, how much of it is Black Friday sales? The answer is pretty much all of it. Uh, so the Australian Bureau of Statistics has really highlighted the impact of, of the sales, saying it's very clear that uh, people reduced their spending in October and bought forward their Christmas spending to those big sales events in November. Uh, a good example is household goods spending was up 7.5% in the month and also big increases in department stores and uh, clothing and footwear. Uh, so very much related to the sales activity.
1: Uh, what does your more recent Commonwealth Bank spending statistics say about the consumer? Because these retail sales were for November. Do you have any more yeah. r- recent data?
2: Well, we're actually going to publish our December uh, household spending insights report on Monday next week. Uh, so, you know, that the data will be out then. But the recent seasonal pattern over the last few years has been for a very strong November to be followed by a very weak, December. And we would expect a similar result. But as I said, the data will be out next Monday. Uh, so you know, definitely in the ABS is pointing to this uh, people bringing forward their Christmas shopping into those big sales events in November. They think the sales events are getting bigger and bigger. So that the discounts are larger. The events are going for longer. Uh, and we think that would mean a, a week, December.
1: The fact that consumers are bringing their spending habits forward they're waiting for these big deals. What does it say about the consumer?
2: Well, I think it says that you know things are pretty tight. And we know that from the data through last year, the big increase in interest rates, the big increases in rent, the fall in real income is really impacting quite a number of households. So consumers are trying to you know manage their budgets by waiting for these big sales events. Overall, the pace of consumer spending slowed through the second half of 2023. And we would expect it to slow even further through the first half of 2024.
1: Why do you think the Reserve Bank will be thinking about these numbers?
2: I think they'll be largely as the Reserve Bank had expected. Um, I think the Reserve Bank will be watching very closely for tomorrow's inflation readings. And they actually get another inflation reading at the end of this month ahead of the February board meeting. So I think today's data would not would not have surprised the RBA Our base case is rates on hold now for an extended period until interest rate cuts can get underway in September this year.
1: Finally, we had another piece of data, the building approvals data rising 1.6% in November, apartments driving the increase. But we also saw prop track data, private data released today, showing national rental prices rose 11.5%. This increase in approvals, are they likely to lead to home construction and will it at all improve the supply-demand dynamic?
2: Well, it was pleasing to see that increase in approvals today, but we've got a very long way to go for approvals and actual constructions to catch up with demand. Uh, And the big increase today, as you mentioned, was in apartments. So private sector houses was down 1.7% on on the month. And the ABS has pointed out that in the the first five months of FY24, so from July to November last year, uh, there was just under 71,000 Dwelling approvals. At the same time in 2022, uh, there was almost 82,000 dwelling approvals. So, despite that increase in November and there was an increase in October as well, uh, we're running well behind the pace of building approvals just the year before and still running well behind the level of demand. Uh, so, not surprising to see that ongoing upward pressure on on
1: rents and also on prices. Stephen there, the chief economist at the Commonwealth Bank.
0: Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast.
1: The Australian share market snapped a four-day losing streak today to be up 0.9% on the S&P ASX 200, 7,520 points. For more, I spoke with Scott Phillips, the Chief Investment Officer at The Motley Fool.
0: Uh, Ricardo Gaudet, the single answer is America. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's uh, a case of, well, in this case, fortunately, I suppose, uh, when the U.S. dog wags its tail, uh, we uh, we are the tail, uh, they had a really good night last night on the back of, I think, this will they, won't they a reassessment of what the U.S. Fed decisions might look like moving forward. We know there was originally talk about doing nothing. Then come late October last year, the market took off for two straight months in positivity. And we kind of had this New Year's hangover. We kind of woke up on, on January 1 and said, actually, what if these aren't quite so good uh, today? And last night in the U.S., the market seems to have come around to the fact that maybe those rate carts are on again.
1: What's the general mood of investors at the moment, given that that really solid run-up we had through Christmas, the geopolitical environment at the moment, and as you mentioned, this feeling that interest rates in the US will start to decline soon?
0: you've absolutely nailed it. That is exactly what's going on. We know over the long term the share market tends to rise. In the short term, it's all about sentiment. It's all about that mood. Uh, There was very much a a sense of a fait accompli about rate cuts. Uh, Some comments from the Fed members in the US Suggesting maybe things won't happen as quickly as we otherwise might have thought, and all eyes on the inflation numbers here tomorrow. It really does create, I think, a, a sense of uncertainty. that's why we're seeing these big falls followed by big rises. The market really trying to find its feet in 2024.
1: So, speaking of 2024, where do you see the investment
0: opportunities? <laughs> the $65 question. Uh, mate, I think what's fascinating. IT had a spectacular year last year. There's still a little bit of value in some of the companies in that space, but just be a little bit careful. Some still not making any money, and money's no cheaper to get these days, so be careful there. Retail, discretionary retail in particular, had a pretty good last 12 months. Those shares up about 13%, but only roughly pacing the market. I think there's plenty more opportunity for businesses that investors have forgotten are cyclical, but also will survive and thrive after the downturn we're going through.
1: Scott Phillips there from The Motley Fool. And before we go, uh, more than 100,000 complaints were recorded with the Australian Financial Complaints Authority last year, just ahead of the fifth anniversary of the Hain Royal Commission. The top product complained about was personal transaction accounts, or the top issue was unauthorised transactions. So scams are really causing havoc. For more, Madanir Jaffari spoke with David Locke, CEO of the AFCA.
3: Well, no, it's not normal. And actually, to give you some context, in 2018, when we opened our doors, we took over from the three predecessor ombudsman schemes. Between those three ombudsman schemes, they received 50,000 complaints. So we've now received more than double uh, the predecessor schemes back in 2017. There are really a number of things driving those numbers. Number one is scam complaints. Uh, We're seeing huge increases in scam complaints. Australians are losing more than $3 billion a year. It's a terrible financial crime. Uh, We're also seeing uh, financial hardship rise because of challenges with high interest rates uh, as well as uh, increasing cost of living pressures as well. And then we continue to see complaints against insurers for delays in processing insurance claims as well.
2: So how can we tackle the scams issue?
3: Yeah, well, we're really pleased to see the Albanese government announce a number of initiatives to try and reduce scams, including uh, a new code of practice, which will apply to banks and telcos and others. Uh, We think uh, there has been a gap in the regulatory framework um, and I think this will, will put banks and telcos on notice that they have to do more. That's really, really important. We applaud that decision, as well as the National Anti-Scam Centre, which has also been established. Um, we saw uh, the large banks and the customer-owned banks also announce, just like last year, a range of initiatives under the Scam Um Accord um, that they will all implement to reduce scams. Um, we're really pleased to see that. Again, we applaud the banks. Look I think it's been a little bit slow, um, for instance they've announced that they'll be implementing confirmation of payee and all that means is if you're making a payment on your online banking that they will match the, the account name um, and account number and give you a warning if it's wrong. Now I think most people would have assumed that was already happening but in fact only about two banks have implemented that so we'd like to see these things implemented faster because if they are we'll start to see a disruption to, to scams.
2: And what can consumers do to protect themselves?
3: Well, look, um, be vigilant. I think a couple of messages that we, we share with people all the time. If you receive a text message with a link, never click on that link. Never click on it. Um, if you receive a phone call and somebody's asking you for personal details, do not give it to them. If you're unsure, just hang up, jump on, onto the internet, look up their legitimate firm and call them and check with them. Um, if you think you've been scammed, make sure you contact your bank uh, immediately um, and also sh- uh, share that with your loved ones, share it with family members so they can support you as well. And we hear people often say that oh, they're ashamed or embarrassed that they've been scammed and so they keep it to themselves. You've got no reason to feel ashamed. These are sophisticated. Um, criminal organisations, right? The scams that we're seeing are really sophisticated and all sorts of people are scammed all the time. Um, I know uh, on a personal level, just last night, I received a notification from my bank to let me know that my bank account had been overdrawn by $4,000. I looked in and I'd been scammed $4,000. I had to get on the phone to the bank last night. Unfortunately, I was on hold for an hour and 15 minutes until they took my call. I don't think that is good enough. I think we need the banks to be much more responsive than that. But um, but again, my first point of call was to call the bank and seek help.
1: David Lock there, the Chief Executive Officer of the Australian Financial Complaints Authority.
0: This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation.